All right, three, two, one. This is Edwin. And I'm Nicole. And welcome to Showstopper Shenanigans. So before we jump into today's episode, I will just go over our little disclaimer. We'd like to remind you that the views and opinions expressed on the podcast are those of our hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of any organizations or entities mentioned. As always, our aim is to provide informative and engaging content, but we encourage you to do your own research and seek professional advice when necessary. The contents of the podcast do not substitute for any professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listener discretion is advised, and thank you for joining us. Let's get started. So today we have a very special guest, someone that I personally know as the greatest singer I've ever heard in my life, Miriam. Oh, you're too nice. You're too nice. <laughs> so how about you go ahead and just introduce yourself to us? Yeah, my name's Miriam Ali. I'm a New York City performer, singer, dancer, actor. And I just finished my first Broadway show back in September. Funny girl. It was my Broadway debut. I moved to the city when I was 17 years old to go to a conservatory program called the Institute for American Musical Theater, where I learned so much. And I'm super grateful for all my teachers and mentors. And then I had like a month left of school in my second year. And that's when I booked Funny Girl. And my life is pretty much, it's changed, but like not changed. Like I'm still my chaotic self. <laughs> but yeah, and now here we are and I'm making my own music and now I get to film a podcast. So that's a little <laughs> bit about me. We're so happy to have you, Miriam. I'm so um, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So let's just jump right into it. How did you first get into performing arts? Was this something you were born doing did you get into it at a young age a little later on tell us a little bit about that She's clearly born into yeah. it look at her look at her <laughs> no i my just i'm a very musically like driven family i feel like i've just been singing dancing acting from a very young age and like my mom is a performer and and my dad was into the arts like growing up and we just we really love it we also love tennis but we're not talking about tennis <laughs> on this podcast we can um, talk about tennis. if i wasn't in the arts i would be a <laughs> tennis player I, people are surprised when i say that but but i am in the arts i did choose that field but yeah ever since i was i don't know like probably like three years old i i would say Maybe when I was seven years old is when I kind of started to get more into dance and training a little bit more serious about it. But I grew up playing the piano and it's been off and on, but now I'm finally like back into it. And, and now I've fallen in love with songwriting. And so I'm able to kind of like merge those two things together. But yeah, I've just, I've had the, the performance bug from a, from a very young age. So, and now I'm 21. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you gave us a lot of background on your experience, things that you're into now. Since this is our performing arts podcast, let's dive into a little bit of Miriam's favorites, Miriam's not so favorites. When it comes to your performing experience being on stage, what's your favorite and least favorite part of being a performer or performing? 
Yeah. I would say the process. I mean, from a very young age, I've been told to trust the process. And I feel like that's a big part of whatever project you're in because discovering whatever role you're developing or working with, I think that's also the beauty of like each project is the team that you get to work with and kind of see inside because you know art's very subjective so people have different opinions on how things can be approached but it's also cool to see what you can bring to the table but there's just nothing like performing live in front of people and i like i love i definitely want to ex explore tv and film myself as well i think that's also a very cool medium but there's just something so electric and and freeing when you're on stage and you get to do what you love it's like joy from like zero to 100 so i would say that's that's probably my favorite thing about performing my least favorite thing about this industry is how subjective it can be and you know as they always say like you'll hear a million no's before you hear your first yes and usually it comes out of nowhere i feel at least that's how it felt for me but nothing's guaranteed but then that's also the beauty of it because you never know what's next so it kind of keeps it exciting but yeah it's very, art is very subjective so you have to really love what you're doing and never lose that joy my school always talked about seeking our own joy and approaching things with love and not fear because once you let that voice keep talking or that voice like talk and you let doubt come in that's when you kind of go down a tricky road so with the performing arts industry being very subjective it's important to know your worth and know your purpose and i i saw my friend actually shared i believe it was it's a japanese proverb about purpose and how like they don't really believe in retiring because once because like why would you stop what you love and you know you wake up in the morning with that purpose and it, it drives you till the end like why would you stop there's no need to stop like that's that's your way of that's what gets you going so i feel like i try to approach that i get up in the morning and it's like okay what can i what can I create? What can I collaborate on? What can I, how can I improve myself? So I guess that's also like a pro with this industry is that the possibilities are endless. It's just, you have to have that open mind and not, and push past limits, I guess. Yeah. So I just like to say that I think your answer was wrong. You should have said the best part was the PTs. Oh, right, right, right. Um, that's... We, we were we rehearsed this earlier. You should have said it. <laughs> but, we're all here but that's right very now. cool. I do like how you mentioned the proverb and how yeah. you have to create this mentality that there's always opportunities in front of you. But I'm always curious, do you ever feel like you've reached a point where you've just like either wanted to give up or you've just been really struggling or fighting with something while trying to be creative and to right. continue to pursue, pursue your dreams. Yeah, burnout is definitely real. Before I moved to the city, because I did a bunch of like, I mean, yes, I, I did musicals growing up and I actually did online high school because I wanted to graduate early so I could come up to the city sooner because I was up in the city like during the summers and stuff. But I did like competitive dance from like age, I don't know, eight to 14 or so. And I just definitely felt I just I just wanted more like I love dance but I also wanted to sing and act and the burnout was 
definitely real. And then I moved up to the city and it just, I don't know, you just need that change of environments and change up your perspective. But there have definitely been times that, like, honestly, like I was feeling it the other day. Like I, I know I keep mentioning it, but I've like really got into songwriting. And as my younger sister says, Delulu's the Salulu. And, <laughs> and I, I was talking to my roommate. It's like, wait, am I crazy? Like for trying to like go after, go after this or, you know, step in to this this world of songwriting like am i am i crazy am i like in a dream or something like it's like the moment you you turn that camera around and and look at it that way then you lose the momentum like you just have to keep you have to keep going but yeah so i've definitely felt crazy i've definitely felt burnt out and so that's why i feel like balance is also really important and having a life outside of you know you can be working constantly in the studio and training and stuff but you also have to have that time of self-care and just to wind down because that's important too so you don't get burnt out and try new things you know be a normal person because that's only going to help you as an artist is to be exposed to as many things as possible, different experiences, different hobbies, like mm. it only helps your work. So Yeah. Nicole's always yeah. Delulu. Delulu, man. <laughs> Delulu. Delulu. Really is. It's gotta make a good day or a mediocre day a great day. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, Miriam, you make a lot of good points about like keeping a positive mindset and attitude going into this every day, day in and day out, which kind of brings us into a little bit more of like the big topic of today's podcast of being a swing on Broadway, which you had experience with on Funny Girl. So for our listeners, a swing is a role on Broadway, and we're going to let Miriam define this a little more into detail than us, but being a swing means that you are pretty much like jack of all trades when it comes to a role in the show. You're not only undertaking a specific role per se, but you could be learning two tracks, three tracks, five, ten, or hopefully not ten, but who knows. But you could be, you're basically learning multiple parts in the show so that in the event of an emergency, in the event of absences, you're ready to go either hours before showtime or even halfway through the show during intermission, you might get thrown on stage for a role that you had no idea you were playing earlier that day. So I would say that swing performers and swing roles on Broadway are extremely vital to the life of a show, to the entire production, to the entire cast. Miriam, I'm sure you've saved people's asses left and right during your time. <laughs> I try. Funny Girl. But yeah, so talk to us a little bit about what it means to be a swing and define the role a little bit more for us. Yeah, yeah. They like to say that being a swing is the hardest job on Broadway. You kind of feel like you have a split personality at all times. <laughs> Obviously, this being my first show I had never sung before. So once I found out that I was going to be covering eight tracks, I was like, how the heck am I going to do this? And I'm so thankful for the swing standby family that I had at Funny Girl, which we called Team Treehouse, because I had some wonderful role models and just teammates that shared their knowledge with me because I, I didn't know what I was doing. Like I hadn't, you know, developed my my system yet but yeah i know i have a friend that covers like 20 tracks in a show i covered eight some people also covered 
some principal roles in the show. So it can kind of, it, it varies. But yeah, I covered eight. I was there every single day so I can be ready at a moment's notice. I did three mid-show swing-ons, which in the moment you're like, oh crap, like what? This is crazy. There, it, We have some funny videos of when I went on and it definitely looked like I saw a ghost, but then you get down there and it's like your your body and your mind just like takes over because you've done it so much or rehearsed it at least a lot. And it's, it's a cool feeling because you kind of feel like, you know, a hero in the moment. And it's funny to see people's reactions because if they didn't hear the announcement that, you know, you're going on for so-and-so that they're like, what the heck? Like, I wasn't expecting to see you on. But also like as a swing, you can have scheduled performances or, you know, people take vacations. So then like we would split those up or I would go on for a week or, you know, the second half of the week, it just kind of depends on the coverage and like what they need. But I, I joined as a swing about like a week before it was like the last week of previews so like I was there for the opening and stuff and I had some rehearsals in some off-site like studios and stuff but I feel like I tried to rehearse in the lobby as much as possible and I would borrow like the number line because numbers are important as a swing because you need to know where the heck you're supposed to be on stage because usually in understudy rehearsals which we would have either every like Thursday and Friday you know, it's not the full cast. So if you know your numbers, then at least you can kind of get a sense of where you're going to be on stage so you don't run into some prop or run into some person. Because, you know, you're supposed to be filling that spot, having fun at the same time, being present, but also thinking about, okay, what what's my next number? Like, you know, there's just like a lot of things that you're constantly thinking ahead. It's I definitely mean... like a muscle to strength in that <laughs> sense. But there was a time that we were doing a lot, like you can also do split tracks. So you might be doing multiple people in a show because of, you know, the lack of coverage and stuff. With that being said, swings are a vital part of the company. Yeah, that kind of like makes me wonder. You covered, you said eight tracks? Yeah. How do you keep the numbers straight? Right. How do you keep one track? How did I forget? How do you do that? No, guys, I just, it's all in my head. Like, I just, I don't have to know. I'm just kidding. Stupid like that. (laughs) Not. Um, My swing mates, so great. They, well, first off, we used a a thing called Stage Right, which we could have kind of more of a visual, you know, map of of people on stage so I could see it in that sense but we also made note cards so that we could just flip through that real quick and it also depends on you know what show you're doing like I had I had a good amount of time between numbers like sometimes you know there were quick changes so I would need to look at okay if I need to review these numbers or I haven't done this track in a little bit I would you know maybe look a few numbers ahead if I didn't have time to maybe do it in between some numbers but some shows like you don't have any downtime like it's just one after the other so you either know what you're doing or you're gonna be on the ice but I would have my note cards for each each track for each girl we would always joke because when I (laughs) when I joined the show because I would have some music rehearsals because they all sing different vocal parts too and I'd be like oh is this female one or female five <laughs> and my sweet mates would be like what are you talking about I'm like oh it's this person and that person but yeah I would just make note cards and have my numbers written out or typed up of whether it was a I don't really know how I can describe this yeah each number would have 
each or I don't really know how to describe this. It's kinda... <laughs> she has no strategy. She's lying to no us. Strategy. No, I just I would have all the numbers typed up of where that person needed to be based on what section of that dance and have that typed out for each number with you know the choreography so that I could just review that and know if I'm supposed to go downstage of this person upstage of that person that's uh, crazy like go... do you not get nervous like oh I definitely I remember my debut night and like it was the most joyful experience but also the craziest like i definitely went through the wrong like <laughs> we actually have a video of it my dance captain colin <laughs> has oh, a, a video I miss you, colin. <laughs> colin, um has a video of me <laughs> running on stage because i almost missed henry street because i never tried on like costumes yet either so you know if you're able to if you know where the latches and the buttons and stuff are like usually you know if you're going back down to change you can kind of do that yourself so then you know obviously we have all our wonderful dressers but you know that adds on like 30 seconds here 10 seconds there and like you got to change your wig mm -hmm. and like just the backstage traffic as a swing that was i mean thankfully we can trail people beforehand so like i would try and take note of all of that and like the traffic in the wig room because some people get dressed first some people put on their wigs like there's a lot that happens behind the scenes and not just keeping track of all the numbers on stage so that was a little chaotic but thankfully i i would say that most people would say i was a i was a fast changer so i tried to be quick so i could be out of there and on stage <laughs> that's crazy do you do you practice that like do you like rehearse you just changing? you get used to how the costumes fit and where everything is and it just kind of becomes muscle memory but oh. yeah there's a lot more that goes into it than just looking pretty and looking awesome on stage yep. <laughs> a lot. good for you honestly that's really awesome work but it must take a toll on your body like physically yes. mentally emotionally like we already know there's a lot of <clears throat> very outdated we should totally do more research. Um, there's a lot of older studies out there in the performing arts medicine world of injury prevalence in dancers, musical theaters, all this stuff. Basically, moral of the story is that the injury prevalence is relatively high. Musical theater, the injury prevalence is usually higher in females and also gets even more high or it gets even higher if you add in such things like extrinsic factors such as if you're wearing heels automatically you're at a higher risk of injury if you're on a rake stage congrats that risk got even higher so we already know that there's definitely a lot more that we see just doing backstage coverage as well like we could put pieces together for each individual show on what things might be an issue or what things you're constantly seeing when people and all the performers come to you. But Miriam, how do you physically and mentally prepare to perform multiple right. tracks during one week or, you know, potentially be cold and then have to run on stage halfway through the show? Right. I would say, okay, I'll just kind of talk through like my, like at least during funding girl how my like routine would go because mental health is just as important as physical health so i would try and start my days of course with a nutritious breakfast because if my brain power is not if i'm not and of course caffeine you know <laughs> you need some co i'm a coffee girl i also like matcha um you like celsius so okay <laughs> yes celsius okay it's a running joke between Many people, like, okay, you know when I've had caf 
caffeine. There was a like a, a period of time that I was having some Celsius drinks and it was it was like, oh no, Miriam's out of Celsius. But honestly it was it was fun. I just brought the chaotic energy <laughs> you're, you're already pretty like i feel like energetic so i can't right. even imagine you that boosts that in. little extra oh, the tree has to be like oh god here we go <laughs> <we> again go. <laughs> but yeah i always started my mornings with journaling and like i have a gratitude journal that i do now every morning every night but reading and and meditation as well so i can just you know find my breath and be present because as a swing you never know <laughs> your your day can change like that's what's i feel like probably the most difficult thing is you don't know how your day is going to be and like you can kind of plan ahead so i feel like you know of, of things that you might want to get done or do but like that could change in like five minutes or you could be walking to the theater and get a text from your stage manager say hey you're on for both shows oh okay so yeah what i wanted to do before can't do that anymore so then you kind of feel like okay yeah i'm ready to go so journaling and getting all those thoughts out in the morning or any stress that i feel just kind of relieves any of that anxious energy but yeah i try to have like a pretty relaxing morning i would always try and do a vocal warm-up before leaving my apartment so then if I did have to sing I was ready to go for the day and personally I like to go to the gym before the show the gym or class I'm a big person on class because you never stop learning you can never stop growing and I feel like it kept me sane and I was able to keep that joy life because you're doing that eight times a week and it's the same thing it's repetitive so i feel like class kept my mindset fresh and that i love trying new things and learning from as many people as possible because i feel like it just makes me a better artist but yeah i would try and either go to the gym so then if i did have a mid-show swing on then I'm ready to go. Yes, if I'm sitting around, at least I did something. I moved my body. I got those. Like people knew if I went to the gym <laughs> because my endorphins would be like so high or if I went for a run beforehand. Plus the Celsius. Yes. Even though I did a cool down because I am a big person on, you know, activation, warm up before mm. our workout and then a cool down and a stretch because like flexibility did not come easy for me. What's your gym routine? What do you typically my do at gym the gym? Routine, I feel like it's kind of changed, but... It depends. Like one day it could be kind of, you know, more Pilates focused and I can incorporate more of the, well, they either call it the magic circle or the Pilates ring or the, oh, the circle of death. I try not to it's call it one. that, but I like the last one. <laughs> it can kind of <laughs> feel too. like that sometimes, but I also try to use like my TheraBand and strengthen things that way. Or it could, you know, be a cardio day. It could be a, a hit workout or back because honestly as a dancer like having those muscles super strong can help so it kind Anything, of it yeah. varies and i try to have a schedule before i go into the gym because then i just feel super overwhelmed but yeah well do you do you do resistance training like weights yes i have definitely incorporated weights more that's good that's an important proud. factor yeah because i hear a lot of people actually like the younger generation is good but a lot of people who have been dancing for a while just don't like doing resistance training and i'm probably gonna get attacked for this but pilates is not enough to strengthen like that's not enough to improve your strength and to create that longevity in your career to compare it to what resistance training would be with weights obviously right. if you don't like it like i'm not gonna force someone to do that but it's always a good option right yeah i, I mean I, I think cross training is is super important 
I will say though, like Pilates, like it does help activate all those tiny muscles and mm -hmm. stuff. And like as a dancer, right. it is nice on the body. I think Pilates serves a purpose of, like you said, good muscle activation, yeah. really good core stability, and just general overall like breath work stability and for performers breath work is super important so activating all those intercostal muscles your diaphragm your deep core your pelvic floor all of those are so important for proper singing and projecting without using the wrong muscles and holding tension the entire time and then you're like a train wreck after you're done so right. i think Pilates serves its purpose and has a place in a performer's routine but like ed said resistance training can't really be replaced so i agree i think there was a stigma not so much anymore luckily like we're slowly breaking that yes. stigma which is super awesome as healthcare providers but also for our younger performers but there was definitely a stigma especially in the classical ballet world that strength and resistance training makes you bulky like we don't want big muscles we want long lean lines so a lot of dancers would shy away from a dumbbell or a kettlebell because they're like no no no, that's going to make me bulky I can't do that but luckily with the help of us and all the great resources yes. out there <laughs> that is not the case do those deadlifts do those do those rows do Pilates those. is great I love Pilates but you gotta you gotta do more than just Pilates yeah switch it up it actually it keeps it interesting too it does so back to your routine <laughs> Let's say you do everything in your power. You warm up, you go to the gym, you're feeling good, you're ready to go. Yeah. And you're mid show and something's up. Something just does not feel right. And lo and behold, you're on a show that's so awesome to have people like Ed and me as your backstage physical therapist. Yes. Oh my God, crazy. In the event that you don't feel 100%, in the event that you're like, ooh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this second evening show tonight with this back pain with this ankle pinching with whatever it is have you ever been to on-site pt backstage pt and talk about your experience getting pt at whatever show you're in if you've yeah. had that experience before thank i was telling ed that for a while i because thankfully we would have you know pt I'm trying to think what our days were. It was like Thursday, Friday, or Thursday, like Saturday. No, it was no. like Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. I yeah. Think. And at first, I was like, oh, I'm not injured right now. Like, I don't want to take up a slot. But the whole point is to have that so that you don't get injured. Like, it's, you know, injury. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, like, take advantage of that. So then I was like, wait, I'm going to try and get a slot. Like, every single week so thankfully like and i was also i was telling ed earlier that you know i would try i would either be coming from class and so like my body would be warm so then i feel like it was easier to get into some of those problem spots that i would have but thankfully that since we had pt on site and those times either in between shows or before a show if my back you know wasn't feeling great i could get taped up so then i could do a show and thankfully i never felt like if I was on for someone that I couldn't finish, I actually did a, sh this is a little off topic, but I had to get like stitches on my lip. Oh, I had yeah. like seven stitches <laughs> oh, and I actually did a show with like, they weren't dissolved, like <laughs> dissolved yet. And I felt like a crazy person because I couldn't really smile. So it was more like a smirk and people were like, are you okay? I'm like, guys, I just need to get through this show and then it's fine. <laughs> like I'm just filling in the spot. They're like, Miriam, should you be here? I was like, shh. 
It was I was just kind of stressed because it's like what if this like splits back open? Uh, But anyways, I besides that. Wait, you thought you did. I remember I remember I saw you when that was like when your stitches were like coming apart. You're like, oh Ed, can you check if it's like bleeding or something? Is it like ripped? I was like, you're fine. Yeah. (laughs) It was it was honestly it was annoying because I couldn't like, you know, eat on that side of my mouth and Honestly, I guess now that I think about it, it didn't take that long to heal, but but back on topic, I never had to stop like mid-show with the pain. And I think because I came consistently every single week and worked on worked on it and, and then also doing the work in the gym and strengthening and stretching that way. Like obviously now, like not being part of a show and not having that <laughs> PT weekly, I've got to stay on top of it, but like we really so like we're so lucky to have PT on site. Like it's so cool. Awesome. And you've had as a performer, have you ever had to do like formal physical therapy in the clinic for a certain amount of weeks? I have not. I only came in that one time just to get taped up like super quick. But you know, I never had to come in for like multiple sessions. So that's good. Well, that's knock on wood. Knock lucky. on wood. Wait, have I mean, you not gotten injured before? You like I'm have awesome. you had injuries? Have I ever had an injury? So everybody be like Miriam. I need, Miriam. I need to knock on wood over here. Statistics. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry, what were you saying, Nicole? <laughs> I was just saying everyone be like Miriam. She warms up. <laughs> don't get, has a good don't routine. get Well, now my jaw, like <laughs> I'm going to do like strain my muscles there. So, but that's okay. I'm going to be fine, guys. And we were like actually talking about it, but we we're like going over exercise. But TMJ, like jaw stuff is also done by PTs. Yes. I feel like people don't know that like vocalists, like even like vocal massage, things like that, or like strains in those muscles, like PTs can take care of that. Because I feel like what people also forget is that like everything connects. So yeah. like one thing, you know, if you're like we were talking about, or if you're neck is sore then that could lead to some jaw pain and but yeah i don't think i've ever been i mean was, I'm, I'm, like, I'm knocking on wood knock for on you wood. i need to knock please knock on wood that's lucky everyone knock really on can't... wood for miriam please <laughs> please, uh, please, please do i don't want to be injured <laughs> so you just said like we were just talking about how tmj is something that you know like we can treat for performers vocal massage different types of face neck related you know disorders or just like irritation from holding your mouth a certain way if you're playing a character that has a funky accent or a weird look on their face or you have some type of weird hat or prop like all those things can come into play when you walk into your backstage session or on-site session from the perspective of you as a performer what are some things that you want your performing arts physical therapist to know as a performer and you've never met them before and hopefully they have performing arts experience that's a plus but what are some things that you would want them to take into consideration as a performing artist i think it was super helpful when we would incorporate like obviously more of like the strengthening exercises Mm -hmm. because you know you can loosen things up but if i'm not like strengthening as well Definitely valuable. I feel like a lot of like 
old school PTs will just straight up do massage. I was told once that there was like really OG PT who would just like have them walk in and then immediately start working on them without even talking to them. And that was it. And honestly, that's like a glorified massage therapist at that point. And massage therapists have their place as well and have an important role. But as like PTs, I feel like the aspect yeah. of education and exercise is probably the more vital piece of, of helping performance artists while they're backstage. Right. I think, yeah, right, just having a show that actually has both massage. There, A lot of shows nowadays have massage therapy, but also they have physical therapy. So having that available for performers is awesome, especially if you just have like some kinks that you need worked out in between shows. Like it happens. It's totally a lot of what we see. But yeah, I do think that the people who are able to walk out with the ability to manage whatever symptoms they're having on their own because you're not there for the entire show. You're seeing someone for 20 minutes and then we're like, okay, have a great show. Bye. Hope for the best. But if you're giving them at least a few self-management techniques, the likelihood that they're going to feel helpless if it does start acting up again in the evening show, because we can't predict the future. We can only do our best to try to help mitigate the, si the situation when we see someone. But, right. you know, if you're giving prevention tools and tips, we're at least hoping to set our performers up for success i've seen performers be more appreciative too of like oh this is a great exercise i'm going to start doing this in the gym or like during my pre-show warm-up so right. i definitely think a more active session is super helpful in a lot of cases and i think too like just having that communication throughout the session of like because I, well, you know, <laughs> don't mean to brag, but I've been told that I have a very high pain tolerance. <laughs> I feel like Ed could say that I have a very high pain tolerance. And like, I'm like, you know, let's get into it. But then some people might maybe more sensitive and just having that communication during the session. Like, I think that's just a, a key factor to it all because each person is, is different, but I think also if just like the PT's understanding, you know, I feel like performers, dancers or whatever have some similar like issues, not, not always, but you know, like check in with the flexors, check in with the hamstrings, like might have some common tight spots. I would say like the communication and the exercises really do help. And if we both have a good understanding of it, I think it's just really beneficial. Yeah. That's like, so those are the things that you, you like, or that you appreciate yeah. when you're working with a PT. I'm curious, what, what are the things that you've experienced that you didn't like? And it's okay if something I did or. No, you didn't do said. anything. Call um, me out. No, no, no. I think there were some time, see, but I was really good about just coming to, because yeah. like, since we had consistent people. I mean, like not even something that you experienced, but something that you wouldn't want to happen. Wouldn't like. Want? Yeah. I don't know if someone just focused on like one spot and didn't go hard enough and like really get in there and just like, I don't know, I guess I feel like I would come in to these sessions and like, okay, my hips and like, and you guys would be really yeah. good with like the time management. So if someone just kind of like lightly went over this or didn't yeah. really get in there, I was like, oh, is that, and not having that communication, like, oh, do you mean to go hard enough? And like, so just kind of doing uh, that thing, just like briefly, yeah, not really checking in with you or seeing what like the actual issue is. Right. Yeah. Or like if I, since they are such like short sessions, if 
and this this has never happened to me but if we didn't take up the full 20 minutes or whatever like, <laughs> like five that, minutes you're gone. Like, no. <laughs> um, but honestly i've only really had like a positive experience with my pt sessions so because i don't have too many complaints you know on that was, end. what's funny i remember when i first met you you came to me after we were done oh, yeah. and you were like oh can you quickly you take my back and and like i felt bad because i wasn't really understanding what you were saying so i was like oh i'm packing up because we have to go back to the clinic and treat other people unfortunately so we have like a very short amount of time to to get back but then afterwards i was like thinking in my mind for like a very long time i was like oh no what did i do i was like i really hope she's not thinking i'm Wait, that like, this have, horrible person i have to tell you a funny story about okay so like i really needed to be taped up but we had just been warned only take one slot per week so i was like shoot i already have my slot like i can't ask him again and like he probably like has to leave too and I think it was Danielle. Hi, Danielle. I don't know. She said, <laughs> but she was like, or maybe it was Alicia, one of the two. They're like, just go ask. Like, that's why they're here is to help. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Now I'd be like, oh yeah, let's go do it. But you know, learning. I'm, mm. I'm constantly learning. And I remember going and getting the tape and I came back up. They're like, so did you get taped up? I was like, well, I had the tape. They're like, Miriam, we don't know how to tape you. Oh, like, why are you, you gonna That's tape? right, I cut it out and I like... I just, like, I felt back because I was like, I don't want to take up his time. Like, he, <laughs> this, there's only a certain, like, number of slots that they have. But I was so nervous to come down and ask. And, like, I thought I was going to get caught, too, by, like, stage management. Like, Miriam, you've already had your PT session this week. Like, don't do that. But, yeah, I was nervous That's really funny. I mean, it is kind of daunting. But honestly, if someone came to me, like, if I had the time, I would definitely try to like yeah. do something for you because even with the security guard of the show diva i think you guys call diva, <laughs> diva. i like found the time to to help massage and give exercise to diva so, he told like, me he's like, like it helped so much because it's like if if you're ever in a show don't be afraid to go up to the pt even a little before or after or even during to be popping in here like you have like some extra time because we're not we're not gonna be upset yeah that's yeah. why we're exactly. there and like I feel like most of the time too, like it's a little different during the week sometimes because based on our treating schedules, it's different person to person. But I would go in on Saturdays, and sometimes like stage management would contact and be like, "Hey, can you get here a, a time slot early to you know address this?" Or someone had an issue during the matinee; they just need to squeeze in. Can you get here a little bit earlier and just? evaluate them see what's going on so i feel like yeah. for us too we're we're kind of swing-ons in a way as well because we have to be ready like i i was already there and i'm like yeah no problem like let me go now right. um but i feel like we need to be ready for anything as well so like a big thing for me was to have everything and i know ed does this too but the two of us kind of have a lot of our tools on us or like i know ed has his kit that he brings and I usually take inventory and throw anything I need in my bag before I go too, just because you never know if you're going to need a little bit extra. And especially if you're working with multiple therapists, you know, the supplies change or things can sometimes go missing because you're in a working show. Like if your stuff is usually backstage or in a supply closet somewhere, things could easily get misplaced. So a lot of times I would have my Graston tool on me just in case, extra tape, things like that, that you never know you're going to have to go the extra mile or see an extra person in the time there. And yeah, right. I think the flexibility is huge and just being able to kind of anticipate whatever, but also they're the ones that need to go get their butts on a Broadway stage. Like 
I could take a later train. You have to go do a Broadway show. <laughs> well, I it's think, okay. I think Please it was also helpful us. to that's have why we're like here. that's why we love doing what we do. Right. I think it was also helpful to have like the rollers there as well because I feel like a lot of dancers know how to roll out their body. Yeah. Thankfully, I learned people like to make fun of the blue roller that I had because it was so soft, but it's fine. <laughs> it's the constant joke in the trios, but it was. I tried to really promote it and I still do, but the director of my school is Bife is part of the like the melt method, which is like rolling techniques and stuff to help hydrate the fascia in your body because it's like a spider web that connects and you know if that gets dehydrated and you know the imbalances in your body can get a little whack sometimes. So I would just love that at the theater too. So if I needed to roll something out or if this quad was feeling tight or I needed to Roll my feet. That's one thing. That's true. The the fashion thing is interesting. The fashion, I'll yeah. be honest. There's so many theories out there's, there. Yeah. I, I never call them out because like we really don't know half. Like in the end of the day, it's just helpful. Like that's that's what it comes down to. Is is regardless of the theory or what it is, it's something that actually benefits you, and you feel a benefit. Like I feel you benefit feel after benefit. It. Like that means it's doing something. Obviously, if you were trying it or someone else is trying your your pillow roller, <laughs> my pillow roller. It's like guys, just trust me. They're like, there, I'm not. We want to feel our background. I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Everyone's different. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's different. Everyone likes different Everyone's methods. Different, but yeah. I think the needs for PT, the needs for maintaining, you know, mental, emotional, physical well-being as a performer, especially if you're like Miriam doing it all, being a swing for eight <laughs> tracks, 10, 12, 20, a lot of demands go into it that I feel like a lot of our listeners might not realize. So yeah, thanks for all of your insight and Thank you. stories and just generally for being here we appreciate getting to talk to you and getting to know you more i was very happy thanks for listening to my rambles (laughs) sorry i just handed you tape and made you do no it's okay it's okay (laughs) that's so funny i can't stop i'm gonna be laughing about that for next week it was funny like oh gosh i'd have my tape when people are like you know i wouldn't talk about if i'm not feeling all right and they'd be like are you okay do you still have it Nah. You just never put it on. Oh, I'm like, what did I do? I think I might have tried to put okay. it on, and it did not. It was not it, but it's okay. It's just like a giant stretchy band-aid. I'm yeah, sure yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on the show thank um, you we look forward to talking to you again hopefully yes. in the future but this okay. is showstopper shenanigans with edwin and nicole if you guys have any feedback for us let us know we have our contact information linked below and stay tuned for our next episode and yeah. we're thankful for all of you and our special guest miriam thank yeah. you Yay. We should I give a shameless self plug. Oh wait, you can, oh before we go, give the plug. Okay. Well, if anyone, this is so I didn't want to be this person. Like I mentioned a few times, I've gotten into songwriting, so I hope to have, like in, whether it's an EP or an album out soon. But if no one is doing anything, December nineteenth from seven to nine p.m., I'm collaborating with another wonderful artist, Katie Droblos. It will be up at the IAMT, IAMT Theater, and the address is 556 West 158th Street. It's on the second floor in that theater space, and it's just a live a, a night of 
live music, original music, and dance. You can come watch and enjoy the music, or you can come and learn choreography too, which will be set to my first original song. So it's kind of like a concert or workshop. And all the proceeds will be going to a nonprofit organization here in New York City called Arts for All. And that's it. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, awesome. link the, we'll link the, yeah, yeah. the charity. That's kind of a lot. But... Organization. <laughs> So Absolutely. that you can check it out. Yay. But yeah, all right, well, get out of here. See ya. Get, get. Peace. <laughs>